So you're ready to hire a diversity, equity, and inclusion professional. Where do you even begin? What do you put in the job description? Are you hiring a consultant or a full-time employee? We'll explore these questions and more on today's episode of Inscribing Inclusion. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Inscribing Inclusion. I'm your host, Jocelyn Armstrong. I am thankful that you tuned in today. I am hopeful that you find this particular episode helpful. Um, It's just me today, solo. It'll probably be a shorter episode, but my hope is that it will be incredibly impactful for you and your both personal and professional and organizational diversity, equity, and inclusion journeys. So with that being said, there's something that has been weighing on my mind. It's even something that I would call a bit of a fear. After the Great Awakening during the summer of 2020, that's what I called last summer after Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd um, were all tragically killed, there was this fever pitch of interest and excitement in DEI work. Um, It was as though some people opened their eyes and saw things that they never saw before in their entire lives. So I call last summer the Great Awakening. So after that Great Awakening, organizations and individuals pledged to become more educated about diversity and equity, and they became committed to inclusion. Folks were reading about how to be anti-racist and to be better allies. And I will say that these are good actions. However, in the wake of all this activity, the fear that I developed is that organizations are not hiring the right professionals and that some DEI professionals are finding themselves working in environments that are not ripe for change. So I'm going to share a few of my tips for what I'll call DEI vetting. So when we talk about vetting, to vet something or someone is to make a careful and critical examination. It means that you're investigating thoroughly to ensure that a person is suitable for a job um, that requires a certain level of skill and, and trustworthiness and all those sorts of things. And this vetting process, in my estimation, goes both ways. And as much as organizations are looking to hire someone and they have to to vet the person that they're hiring, be it a consultant or a full-time employee, it is also imperative for DEI professionals themselves to do a little bit of vetting to make sure that they are landing in the right spaces to do the work that they deem so important. So I'm going to start from the organizational standpoint, work my way through to um, how DEI professionals can handle this, talk to you a little bit about what to do if you find yourself in a mismatched situation and then talk to you about recommendations. So that's kind of our conversation map for today. If you are an organization, you have to identify and start with your why. If you listen to episode 12 of Inscribing Inclusion, I gave tips for starting your DEI exploration and knowing why the work is important to your organization is crucial. Are you doing it because you believe in the business case? Are you doing it because for your your organization and the people that work there, it's a moral imperative? Are you doing it because it's something that all the other companies that are similarly situated to you are doing? 
um, whatever the reason is, what is your what is your why for your organization? Are you truly trying to make your your space more attractive for recruitment and retention of people in marginalized populations? Um, these are all reasons that could be the reason for your organization's why. So before you launch out to either hire a chief diversity officer or someone in your HR department to oversee DEI, um, or maybe you're going to hire a consultant to come in and work with your staff, before you do that, identify your why. The next thing you can do is to ask for recommendations. Um, poll, poll your colleagues. Um, if you know that they have started the work and there are particular consultants that they've worked with, poll them. Um, there's nothing wrong with getting online and doing a little bit of research to um, vet people or to, to even start the process of finding someone. So that's where your LinkedIn comes in and your Google searches and those sorts of things. And LinkedIn is probably really crucial because as you look at that space, if you will, that's where people put up their resume essentially in the digital format. There's also opportunity for you to see if others have recommended them or given them kudos or something for something that they've done. You can see at least a glimpse initially of their body of work. Further, if you are looking at DEI professionals and they have a website dedicated to their work, hopefully they have videos or papers that they've written, testimonials from previous clients. Again, things that you can look at to see what their work has been previously if they've worked with organizations similar to yours, those are all things that need to be considered when you're hiring someone. You should also be very clear about your budget. I have said before that if you are launching into DEI work for your organization, you have to commit resources to it. People resources, time resources, financial resources have to be a part of your plan. So for instance, if you are planning to hire a consultant, you need to figure out what line item in your budget covers that and then that helps you determine essentially what kind of work you can afford if your plan is to hire a full-time employee or employees to carry forth your dei effort you need to figure out again the balance of salaries and other benefits and how that comports with your overall budget for personnel and what that means for your organization where will they sit? All those sorts of things. So you have to be clear about your budget. So if your idea is to maybe start a whole DEI team and you want to bring on a chief diversity officer and some support staff and management level folks, you've got to figure out how many of those people your budget can actually bear from a personnel standpoint before you start offering jobs. Because you don't want to be disappointed by not being able to pay a respectful and adequate wa adequate wage for this work. And you also um, don't want to not have enough to get done what you need to get done because you realize that what people are asking for in salary requirements is nowhere close to what you have to fulfill that role. So be very clear about your budget. It's okay to put out a request for proposal or in common parlance, a, an RFP that allows you to collect 
resumes and packets, if you will, from particularly consultants that you're choosing to work with. So this is their time to shine and show you what they've done before and what they're capable of and how they can help your company move forward in this effort. Of course, if you're hiring a full-time employee, you're going to put out a job posting with a very clear job description of what you're looking for, what expertise level you're looking for, um, the type of education that you want this person to have. That is um, sometimes very industry specific. I have shared before that I am an attorney and while there are very common themes amongst learning DEI for organizations and professional spaces, there are some industry-specific things that come up. And so it was helpful and I think important for my organization to have an attorney who understands DEI in the role because that means that they know how to relate to attorneys and kind of help in their learning journey and get them to where they need to be. The same could be true in the educational space. Um, if we look at our friends in engineering and any of the other STEM careers, you sometimes want someone who has both the professional background in addition to their DEI knowledge. So be very clear about, again, your why, your budget, um, putting out an RFP if you're gonna hire a consultant or having a very clear position description if you're hiring someone to become a part of your staff. So let's kind of, when we talk about, for instance, if we're gonna hire someone to be a part of the staff, or also if you're hiring a consultant, one of the best things that you can do for that person or those people and your organization is to be as honest as possible and to make sure that they are included in the important work and all the work that happens at your organization. So if it is your desire to have a chief diversity officer and there are things that are happening in your organization, they need to be aware of that. They need to know who's in the marketing department and, and what's going on there. They need to know if you're in an education space, what the curriculum looks like, um, what the teaching staff, how, the, how that teaching staff, the composition, I should say, of that staff, age, gender, gender identity, ethnicity, all of those things. Um, and then include them in the important decisions as your organization is moving forward, developing a culture, developing plans for DEI work, developing just the everyday Tuesday kind of work. Your DEI professional needs to at least have an overview and in many cases be pretty connected to the work because they will help you as you are trying to present yourself to society and to even within your organization, bring this as something that is important for you all. So they need to know what's going on. I heard a story recently of a professional I know who was working in a space as a chief diversity officer. And there was something that was happening in the organization specifically related to diverse people and their employment there and how that was perceived by the people served by that organization. This particular DEI professional was not included in the conversations. There was an uproar and backlash, if you will, from those who were served by this organization about the removal of a diverse person on their staff. And even as they were trying to navigate around that, they did not ask their chief DEI officer to be engaged in the process of how to unwind, overcome, and repair the situation. 
Needless to say, the situation was not repaired in the way that was mutually beneficial for all involved. And that professional actually ended up leaving the organization because they didn't feel like they could make a change there um, if they were not included, particularly in matters that related to marginalized populations and how those folks felt like they were being served. So wherever you find yourself on the journey, and again, whether you're going to hire someone as a full-time staff person or you're going to hire a consultant, be honest with them, be forthright with them, and include them in the overall business of your organization. So by now, you're like, these are all great pointers, Jocelyn. This is great. We've talked about money. We've talked about knowing our why. We've talked about maybe how we can go about making our desires known to the public to hire someone. But what should you look for? I'm sure you're wondering when trying to hire someone for DEI work for your organization. So there's a couple of things that you should consider. Keep in mind, this is a list based on either hiring that I've done or being hired or things that I've observed in the marketplace that I consider to be important. So this is my list. I am again, hoping that you find it helpful. I think that these things stand up over time based upon personal experience as well as articles and, and books and things that I've read. So first of all, what have you heard from and about them? I mentioned looking on LinkedIn or visiting their websites. What do you know about them? Has anyone else hired this person before to conduct workshops or to help develop a plan? Um, how, how deep is their work? How deep is their knowledge base? How long has, have they been engaged in the work? Have they been doing DEI work for maybe the past six weeks or six months? Have they been in there six or 16 or 60 years? Um, what variety of spaces and places have they done the work in? Have they worked with organizations similarly situated to yours? Um, and it's very important, I think, to talk about the fact that you want to make sure that your consultant or the employee that you're hiring for DEI work has both a deep knowledge base and the willingness to learn more. Um, I have seen recently, and this is the part for me that is often very heartbreaking, I have seen some folks who are consultants in other spaces and very great at what they do in those spaces, leadership training and development and professional development and coaching and those types of things, um, organizational management and various things related to that. They do great work coaching and guiding and directing and consulting and helping in those spaces. But I've seen some of these same individuals add to their profiles, add to their websites that they also do diversity, equity, and inclusion training. And I'm often very surprised by it because if I've experienced their work before or I've seen their work before, that was not something that had come up and I didn't know that about them. And interestingly enough, it popped up on their websites or their their bios or their CVs or resumes somewhere around like August 2020 and after. That gives me pause just a little bit because I'm trying to determine if they've decided to launch into this space because it's something that they knew and always wanted to do or if they're launching into this space because they see an opportunity to capitalize on a moment of a movement. So I say, as you're doing your vetting, really look at the work and look at their body of work and then ask people. If you've not experienced their work before, ask others who've experienced their work. And you know, for instance, 
a colleague at another organization has hired a person to do leadership training and development, ask them during the course of that training and development, did that person talk about DEI? Did they use inclusive methods in their instruction and in the group work and that sort of thing? That's what I call checking the fruit and the root because we can put things on our websites and put things on our profiles that look good and they look shiny. So the fruit appears to be there, but what is the root of the tree look like? Are the roots deep? Are they doing the work to really know what they're doing in this space? Or are they doing window dressing and hangings, window hangings to get your attention and to bring you in? And then you find out that they really don't know what they're speaking about as it relates to DEI. Um, I would say that the best that you can do is one, to hire someone who exhibits a deep knowledge, but also hire someone who exhibits the willingness to continue to learn. They should be spending their time under the tutelage of other scholars and DEI professionals. They should be committed to reading as much as possible and watching as much as possible, engaging in diverse communities as often as possible, and then using what they learn to both instruct your teams and your staffs, but also in their everyday lives. Like, are they reading about things and learning about things and then using it when they go grocery shopping or when they're interacting at their children's school or when they're even in a social setting? Are they telling you about inclusive language and then adopting that into their vocabulary and they use it regularly? Are they talking to you about pay equity and then paying the people that work with and for them a fair and equitable wage. Like you can't just tell someone to do it. You have to exhibit that you too are committed to doing it if you're considering yourself a true DEI professional. So again, I say check the fruit and the root. What are these people telling you? What are they doing? Does all this line up and match? I will use myself as an example because that's something that I do. I do DEI work every day for an organization And I try to make sure that I use inclusive language. I try to make sure that I am reading every day some sort of article or piece of a book or watching some documentary or listening to another podcast. I attend webinars that are hosted by other DEI professionals because one is I realize I know a lot, but I don't know everything. There's always something new to learn. And if I am holding myself out as a DEI professional in the legal profession, then I need to make it my very best effort to learn all that I can about this topic. And it's a vast and broad and deep topic. I don't get to get away with just having a surface understanding of these topics because that's not what is expected of me. I also have to have the good sense to understand that if there's something that I don't know, I can learn it to help teach others or I can pull in others who know it better than I to help teach others. It's kind of, again, like being an attorney. If you practice as a criminal defense attorney, you might not be the person that should be considering um, helping someone try to file a bankruptcy, right? Could you do it? Probably yes. Could you do it the most effective and efficient way? Maybe not, especially if you've never done it before. So you have to be comfortable enough with yourself and not have such an ego that you won't refer people. Same can be said of DEI professionals. If there is something that you know very well and deep and like the like you know your own name, absolutely you should teach people that and share that and as much as you can, be it again as a consultant or a full-time staff person. But if there is a space that you are not as sure or not as well-versed, 
you either need to hurry up and learn it if someone's asking you about it, or you need to call on one of your colleagues and ask them to share their expertise in the space. That's just how that works. So kind of reviewing as you're considering who you're going to hire, be it again, a consultant or a full-time DEI um, staff person. What have you heard from and about them? How long have they been engaged in DEI work? Is their DEI work an add-on or an afterthought to other work that they're doing or have done? Um, have you experienced their work before or can you get a first-hand recommendation from someone else? Figure out what their why is. Why are they even doing the work? And how committed are they to learning and continuing to learn as they delve into these topics around DEI? One other thing that I'll say too is I will caution organizations against merely hiring a person of color or um, a person from some other marginalized group, so either based on gender or gender identity or some other thing that makes them diverse. Do not use that as your sole purpose of hiring um, because there's a couple of things that can happen. One, you might be exhausting that person because they are already dealing with whatever the things that might be um, being a part of their marginalized community. The other thing is that some people are only interested in or only learn so much about DEI based upon their their personal lens. So their their view is limited to what makes them specifically diverse. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the place where they've chosen to dig in. But if you're trying to have a very broad and wide knowledge for your, be it employees, constituents, what have you in DEI, then you need someone who has gone beyond their own personal lens and learned more about the rest of the big wide world of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I will tell you that life experience is amazing because there's nothing like having a voice in the room that can speak specifically to the ideas or the situations that you are trying to address, but life experience alone is not enough. Um, people have to be willing to go beyond their individual life experience if they're truly interested in DEI work. Again, using myself as an example, if you have not met me and you're listening to this podcast, I am a black Midwestern cisgendered heterosexual woman. That is my identity. That is how I describe myself. That is how I show up in spaces. I have to purposely learn, engage with, read about, talk to, dig into learning other experiences. So I purposely... Um, I shouldn't say purposely. Well, I do. I purposely go out to learn some of those things. But when I am with my friend groups, all of my friends are not exactly like me. They are from different ethnicities. They are different genders, gender identities. They have different abilities. They grew up in different types of homes. They have different careers. I don't just hang around a bunch of black women, cisgender, heterosexual attorneys. I do see them and hang out with them, but that is not the only representation of my friend group. I have friends who are engineers and doctors and teachers and preachers and stay-at-home moms and entrepreneurs and the it runs the gamut, right? And so I am purposeful in how I engage people. And even if it's not just within my friend circles, but when I'm in public spaces, who am I talking to? Who am I learning from? What authors am I reading books by? Who's producing the shows and documentaries and movies that I watch? Who's producing the podcasts that I listen to? Who's making the music that I listen to? 
Who's doing work in my house? Where am I shopping? What restaurants am I eating at? Like these are all things that lend to my understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so that is why I'm committed to looking beyond just the thing that brings me to the table or the things that bring me to the table as a diverse person. So I encourage you to find professionals who you want to engage with to move your organization forward that have the knowledge, that have the commitment to learning more and that are very clear about their why as it becomes, as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion work. And hopefully their why matches or is similar to the why for you and your organization. So turning my attention now to those who are DEI professionals and you are either responding to an RFP or you're responding to a job posting and you find yourself looking at these organizations that want to hire you. And as much as they want to hire you and are interviewing you, it's important for you to research and interview them because you want to be clear or as clear as possible about where you're walking into before you get there. You won't be able to know everything um, because some things you just have to see and experience, but as much information as you can kind of pull on the, on the beginning stages will be incredibly helpful. So one thing is, has the organization shared its why? And do you get the sense that the organization has a direction for what they desire their their folks to learn or how their organization and culture will be crafted. Even if it's not fully articulated, are there pieces of the why that you can pull out and help them identify? Are they even open to you walking them toward their why to helping open their minds about what it means for DEI work? Because maybe they just called and said, hey, we wanna do this work and we know that you're a consultant and you can help us in this space okay, but what do you want to do? And if they're not sure, are they open again to you guiding them on that journey to get them to the why and then helping them develop the plan about what they're going to do? Another thing is to be clear about what the company culture is like. And this is something that more than likely you won't be able to get a full read on until you spent some time within the organization. Um, there are things that you certainly can kind of pick up on by perusing the website or with some meetings with folks inside the organization, particularly if they are the types that will be very honest with you. You can ask around to people that you know who maybe used to work for the organization or who have done work for the organization in previous spaces. Those are all great things to kind of dig into. So you can kind of start to figure out what the company culture is like, but you may not get a full read for it until you've actually sat in meetings or sat in the workplace, you've been hired or you've conducted interviews with folks as a consultant, that's when you'll really get a feel for what's going on there. Do they have a budget for you? And are they properly valuing your expertise? As a DEI professional, you have a certain level of expertise and you absolutely bring a variety of other talents and skills and abilities along with you. So is the company that's endeavoring to hire you properly valuing what you bring to the table? Um, do they balk when you tell them how much you charge as a consultant or when they ask for your salary requirements and they tell you 
and you tell them, do they look confused or are they prepared to make the investment to have you as a part of their organization? Think about if this is the right fit for you. I mentioned earlier that sometimes people are better suited for things than others. For instance, again, if you're a criminal defense attorney, you might not be the most efficient and effective person to do someone's bankruptcy. Could you do it? Yes. Would you do it the best? Probably not. Um, So that's the other thing is that as you're learning about the organization and what it is that they want, is it the right fit for you? Is there someone that you know is better suited for what it is that they're trying to accomplish? And it's okay to say that. Um, it, it, it shows that you are not only confident in your abilities, but you're clear about the things that you're not great at, right? And it could just be it's not a fit because you don't have the time, the, the appropriate amount of time to dedicate to what they need done. So you need to share that opportunity with someone else because you're already at capacity, Um, It could be that they're asking for a very super technical kind of uh, professional background and you're not that, you know, maybe they really want to hire an engineer because they're, they're an engineering firm or they're a company that produces or builds things or whatever the case may be. And that is not your skill set, but you know, someone who has it, it's totally fine to say that. You also want to determine if the leaders and other influences within the organization are on board. If the leadership and influencers in the organization are ready to start this DEI journey, have maybe started the DEI journey and are moving forward in a way that is helpful, healthy, and conducive for them as an organization, um, that's a good place to be in. If there, there will always be some sort of hesitancy amongst some folks because that's just kind of how people are. That's the nature of people. Um, they have to maybe sometimes see a little more, or maybe they're just completely allergic to change and there's nothing that you can tell them that will bring them on board. Um, but if you're, if the leaders and the influencers and being clear that the influencers are not always the folks that sit in the seats with certain titles, um, influencers may be someone in the call center. Influencers may be the folks in the mailroom. It may be someone in middle management, right? But if, if the influencers within the organization are on board with the process and the plan and moving forward with DEI work, you are in a good spot. Um, If it's only the leadership, it could be challenging. If it's only the influencers and the leaders have not bought in, absolutely challenging. So be clear about if the leaders and the influencers are on board. Um, Much like I said earlier about organizations, making sure that they have a clear project description or RFP and a clear job description if they're hiring a full-time person, you you need to check that. Like, is what they're asking for clear to you? Do you feel comfortable applying to this thing because you have an idea about what they're looking for and that your skill sets match that? Or are they kind of vague in their description and it's unclear? Um, That could be interesting because that means that they may need your help actually developing that. Um, And they have it or they haven't given the appropriate level of thought and attention to it. So make sure that the job or project description is very clear. Um, again, once you're hired, make sure that you're being included in leadership conversations and important decisions, particularly those things that are related to marginalized groups and outward facing things that impact the, whomever the organization is serving. Be clear about also the timing that the organization is expecting. I will consider, I considered a red flag 
if you are dealing with an organization that wants you to come in as a DEI professional and they think that within two months or six months or something that you will have been able to create some very um, monumental change. Will there be incremental change in that time? Absolutely. Will you be able to accomplish an, an entire culture shift in six months? Probably not. So if they are pushing to get solutions and resolutions and put an end date and a bow on something within a short amount of time, I would encourage you to not consider that as an option or encourage them to reconsider how they're considering the time, right? Um, because there is no such thing as a quick fix for pretty much anything, particularly when you're talking about culture shift and things like DEI. It is not a it is not a thing that's like, let's do one workshop and everything's perfect. It's not a let's all watch this movie and now we're experts at DEI. It's not that. It's not let's hire a consultant and six months later, our entire company culture has shifted and we've got record numbers of diverse employees and everyone feels included and that it's not any of those things. So as you're vetting the organization and their expectations of you, be very clear about even the timelines that they're expecting you to to deal with and help them understand that some things, you know, putting together a workshop or something like that can be done relatively quickly, but there's other things that will take a whole lot more time. So then the question becomes, what do you do if you have accepted a job or you have signed on as a consultant with an organization for DEI work and you realize somewhere during the process that this is a mis a mismatch. Like this is a situation where it is not working. You are not the person that they need or want, or this is not the organization that you thought it was, or a place where you feel like you can make change with what it is that you know and your expertise. First thing you have to do is stop and assess what's going on. Like absolutely just stop everything and try to figure out maybe where the gaps and the holes are and if those things can be rectified because it could be that there was maybe some miscommunication or confusion and that having a very frank conversation, revisiting the position description or revisiting the um, the RFP is, is or the project description will get you all back on level footing and where you need to be as you're working together to advance the DEI work for that organization. Um, so maybe it's just the need to refocus, but maybe it's something more than that. Maybe a refocus is not enough. Maybe you've determined that it truly is a mismatch and there is no way that you all can move forward and do very effective work. So then you want to, at that point, disengage in the least damaging way possible. So you're going to have to break up, right? You're going to have to leave their employment or you're going to have to leave as their consultant. And how do you do that in a way that is that is not chaotic? How do you do that without burning bridges and torching cities? Um, the first thing is that if there's any materials that you've worked on and, and they belong to that organization um, or they were promised and they're complete, Turn over the materials, give them the stuff that they've paid for. Um, if there are outstanding invoices, make sure that they have them. If you are the organization that is not paid yet and you have an outstanding invoice, pay the people their money. 
so that you all can leave on good terms. And then also go the extra step. And if you realize that you are a mismatch for them, but you realize that they maybe are ready, but you just weren't a fit, then give them some references so that they can, so the organization can continue on with their work. Um, you also might have to have the very tough conversation with them about like their actual readiness and what that means. And maybe they need to revisit it later and still probably with a different person that's not you. So disengaging will take some very frank, some very candid, some very truthful. I'm using all these words that mean similar things to hit home the point that like you're going to have to be honest. And that's just that's just crucial to this work and it's crucial to making sure that these relationships, um, again, be it full-time employee or consultant, that are these relationships that are put together for this work start off in the best ways possible. And when you find out they're not going well, disengage in the best ways possible. So I've given you recommendations on how to vet a DEI professional if you're an organization. I've given you recommendations on how to vet an organization if you're a DEI professional. By now, if you've been listening, you're probably like, well, Jocelyn, listen, why don't you just tell us who we should hire? That would be easy. That would be nice. That might not be the best thing necessarily. I am hesitant to call out names in this episode because the first thing is that I don't want to forget anyone. I am fortunate to know a lot of people that do great work in this space, and I'm continuing to meet more and more every day. Um, But if I started listing names, inevitably, I would forget someone it would be embarrassing and weird, so I'm not going to do that. Um, I also think that it's very important to match based on on personalities and skill level. So if I happen to know that your company is maybe like 50 employees and I know someone that works well with small and mid-sized companies, that's who I'm going to suggest that you talk to. If you're a Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 company, I'm going to probably possibly suggest a different person or a different organization to work with your organization based on capacity, abilities, and skill levels. What I will say is I will not completely hold the cards and hide them. Um, so if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I, we really need to hire someone, we really would like a recommendation, we really want to know, Jocelyn, who you've worked with or who you admire or who you know that their work, you know that their work is good, send me an email and we'll talk about what you need and I'll talk about who you might want to talk to. Um, inscribinginclusion at gmail.com. That's inscribinginclusion at gmail.com. Send me an email and I can give you recommendations um, in order to help you in that way. So with all that being said, I've given you some tips on vetting. I've given you some cautions about things that you should be very aware of, maybe even things that you should avoid. And so with that, I'm going to tell you that Wherever you find yourself in this journey, whether you're just beginning, whether you're somewhere along the path and you've been trying to work at this for a little while, I encourage you to start and to not get weary in moving forward in this work. It will feel very daunting at times. It will be elating at other times. You'll be so excited about the shifts and the changes that you see and the growth that you see. Um, Sometimes it'll feel like those things are happening at the same time. You will be overwhelmed and what feels like overburdened, but also equally excited and enthralled about the work. So with that being said, get started. If your organization is ready to hire someone, look at if look at your resources and then get started. Start looking for that good match and that good fit for your organization to help you along 
this DEI journey and don't give up. Maybe it's going to take a couple of different turns with different types of people in order to address the different learning styles and personalities in your organization. That's totally fine, but get started and, and understand that it's incremental work and that's okay too. Um, don't take forever, but certainly take your time and be, and be diligent and deliberate about what it is that you're doing. So with that, it's now time for one last thing. Today's one last thing is from a well-known leader and activist, Mahatma Gandhi, also known as Mohandas Gandhi, who was a lawyer and anti-colonial nationalist um, in India who used nonviolent resistance to lead a successful campaign for both India's independence from British rule and was an inspiration for civil rights and freedom movements across the world. So Gandhi once said that our ability to reach unity and diversity will be the beauty and the test of our civilization. Be sure to like and subscribe to Inscribing Inclusion on your favorite listening platform. Follow us on Twitter at InscribingPod and on Instagram at Inscribing Inclusion. And you can always email us at inscribinginclusion at gmail.com.